2: Hello, everyone. Oh, my God. Welcome to Take the Black Lives, the only show where we cover all the things that lame community won't talk to you about, like lasers, space dragons, robots, and uh, substances like this. And of course, Game of Thrones and Game of Thrones related properties. I am Dan Selke, the editor of WinnersComing.net. here with Daniel Roman, the other editor of Coming.net. And we have a full plate of. Uh, the, uh, f- uh, uh, of foods, of dinners uh, to get through today. Yes. Hello, everybody who's watching. A feast Fit for dragons. Full plate of feast. It wasn't working out. Hey, Julie. Hey, Joanne. <laughs> hey, Jonathan. Hey, everybody watching. You came on a good day because, of course, hello, we hello. just got a giant uh, helping. Stick like this metaphor of nice. um, Very uh, nice. tasty victuals. Uh, served to (laughs) us from hbo all about house of the dragon the upcoming game of thrones spinoff show coming to our tv screens into our eyeballs right into our brains next month hello hannah hello christian good to see all of you here so daniel we have a ton to get through and daniel um what are you looking at
3: yeah there's a wasp in this room so if you guys see me like looking off to the sides that's 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 why okay gonna add some um
2: Some action and some tension to some sort of uh take the black live. I think that could be good. It's
3: you're not allergic, are you? It's true. No, I'm not allergic, and it's like one of those brown mud wasps that's not very aggressive. So we should be good. Wasp watch 2022.
2: Okay, well, before the wasp gets you, so Entertainment Weekly noted periodical dropped a huge spread about House of the Dragon, just the marketing train. Not only is that the station, it is barreling down the track. However fast yeah. trains go, I'm going to go ahead and say 130 miles an hour. And at least we got a ton of stuff. I don't really know. Bullet trains go really fast. But we don't have any of those in this country. We got tons of new pictures. <laughs> we got information. The cast and crew sounded off, but all what to expect. I'm getting quite legitimately excited. And yeah. what do you say, Daniel, that we just start looking at some pictures and ooing and i
3: I think that sounds good. I mean, if you are tuning in this week and you've been waiting for House of the Dragon news, Uh this is the week to watch because it feels like multiple big drops about House of the Dragon and the Winds of Winter a little bit happened since our last show so we have we have quite a lot of game of thrones related news today floodgates open train barreling down the track yeah. feast served
2: richard durante yeah. wonderful talented producer could you put up a photo for us to um goggle at okay this one is actually yeah. pretty big so oh christian who works in trains yes my, uh trains go seven miles per hour thank you i was there actually we go we 100 miles an hour that is so helpful okay Uh, we'll come back to that later uh this is a very important photo (laughs) it is because this is i was was surprised that was kind of right i guess i was too so for this is a publicity still this like because we have like characters who are the ages they are in most of the show at the council of 101 and when your hairs is alive so i don't think it's like a photo from the show i think it's arranged for us to look at and gawk at so the big thing here is the old dude in the middle on that really sweet um, chair, throne, cushion is <laughs> King Jaehaerys Targaryen, the old king, who is yeah. the king before really any of the events of this show go off, and we weren't sure we we're going to see mm-hmm. him, but now thanks to George R. R. Martin, we know that this show will start with the Great Council of 101. Daniel, what's that?
3: Yeah, so... The Great Council of 101 basically came about because Jaehaerys ruled longer than any other king in Westeros history. He ruled Mm -hmm. 55 years. He died at the ripe old age of 69 in his bed. But before then, he found himself without heirs. I do. I do. I researched the numbers this week. He had 13 children, somehow had no heirs (laughs) by the time he died. He outlived them all. And... Because he didn't want to be bothered with picking an heir at that point when his last one died, he said, OK, call a great council at Hall and all the lords of Westeros come together and you pick someone. Um, mm-hmm. So that is what the great council is. Uh, it's where Vraenys Targaryen was passed over a second time for the throne where she got that the queen that never was nickname on
2: the far right there. Rainy's
3: played by Eve Best. Yep. I think one thing that I find fascinating about this. So we found out in this spread, and George R. R. Martin also hinted at this, that the show is going to start with the Great Council of 101 mm-hmm. AC. So start with basically Viserys gets named king at the Great Council. That's right. kind of the, what launches the rest of the show. Ranira is a toddler she's like i think three when that happens do you happens. think
2: that the pregnant woman is viserys's wife and is she's pregnant with Rhaenyra? i just noticed that
3: that is a good question um i i think that's emma aaron so mm-hmm. the question is is that you know uh because it looks like she has white hair so is she old or is that some other targaryen possible I- to tell it's impossible to tell from this picture, but I think that could be a really good catch. It'd mean that they're changing Rhaenyra's age a little bit, if that was the case, because she's alive when the Great Council happens in the book. No,
2: I won't stand for it. No changes. No,
3: it'll ruin everything. Everything exact. Well, speaking of changes, if so, th- I agree with you. This is a publicity still, obviously. Yeah. But the background does kind of look like it could be at Harrenhal, which makes sure. me wonder jaharis was not at the great council he basically said you all go do it and i'm gonna stay home and i'm gonna stay in bed while you guys do the work um so i almost wonder if we're gonna see like a scene of jaharis basically we'll see him for the great council and not too long after that or like maybe for the first episode
2: I could guess, yeah, that w- w- we might like. I'm going to guess like the very first scene is the Great Council. It's like a cold open, it's like a prologue. Yeah. And Jaharis will be there. They'll make him be at the Great Council, is going to be my guess. And they'll pass over rainies. We'll get some significant shots. So we'll get some significant looks. We'll get some eyes darting back and forth. They'll be sweeping Jwadi yeah. music. And uh, then we'll skip forward to young Rainier, is my guess. It's just cool that look to see that character. He's an important character in the mythology. Yeah. And we didn't know if we were going to see him at all. And uh, totally. there is, I don't know who's playing him. I don't know who the actor is. I know he's, I know he's yeah. past 60, but uh looks great. <laughs> I love the chair and it's, it, 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 it's just fun that they're going there.
3: Yeah. It's fascinating to get a reveal like this, that we'll see Jaharis the conciliator, before we know who's playing him. <laughs> so, yeah, I keep an eye on the site because <laughs> um, as soon as we find that out, we'll be reporting about it. But it I was really surprised to see that shot because it confirmed something we were kind of all waiting to find out. Yeah,
2: position. All right. Go to the Could you go to the next photo? What's next on the docket? Yeah. Very very excited. Okay. So, we got Oof. here. And by the way, I caught in this photo. So, this is Millie Alcock and Emily yeah. Carey, right from right to left as young Rhaenyra Targaryen and young Alston Hightower. And we it, it's confirmed yeah. now, by the way, I was very happy with this. We haven't known if they, because we knew this story is a multi-generational thing, that it takes decades to play out, that it's about this war that um, is between rival factions of the Targaryen family back when they were at the height of their power, back when they are really, 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 really uh, strong and rich and in demand. But there's a long lead up to it. Uh, there's yeah. there's like decades before events that kind of set up these conflicts that explode in this big conflict. And at the center of it are these two. We got on the yep. right Rhaenyra Targaryen, who is the daughter of King Viserys, who he raises as his heir, even though women aren't supposed to inherit. She's just like, eh, ah, she seems like she's fine. And she's she's yeah. brought up to assume I am going to be the queen of Westeros. And then next to her, with a book like a nerd, is young Alison Hightower, and she <laughs> is her Renera's father, the king's second wife. But she, but they're about the same age because you know Renera's mother dies, and the yeah. king marries a younger woman. I mean that that that's still happening today, and they become buddies, <laughs> and they become friends, uh, even though like stepmother and daughter. But they're really more they're really more like they're kind of like social equals and they have some of the same experiences like she is more common with her than with her a- ancient husband. And they become they become buddies. And they're yeah. friends here. But eventually, as they get into adults and uh, grudges mount and grievances fester and their kids start hurting each other and ambitions kind of a break, they become less friendly. And what we heard today, what I like is that instead of doing a thing where we flash back to see their young lives or God forbid, some kind of thing where we follow two timelines at once. No, Mm -hmm. according to the exclusive entertainment, weekly, reliable, periodical article, uh, these two actresses start the show. They play the characters for a while. And as time progresses, they will eventually hand the baton off to the two character women, actresses, (laughs) actors, God, that's a lot of worse, who are playing the adult versions of the same characters. It's a small revelation, yeah. but honestly, I was I was so afraid they weren't going to do that. I was so afraid they were going to do some kind of flashback thing or dual timeline nonsense. And I'm, I'm just happy to hear that it's going to be as simple as it sounds. They're going to tell the story from start to finish, which shouldn't yeah. be a victory, but it still feels like one to me.
3: Yeah. It feels like they're confident enough in the story and the younger actors and the drama of them as younger actors to carry it. Um, You know, because whenever I think about something like that with flashbacks, it's like, there are kind of two ways I imagine something like that going down. One is like the lost method where it's like, you have a flashback that is telling you something about a character in a moment that's relative. And the other is- you have all this backstory you need to convey, but you're not confident enough in the backstory to be its own story that you start later and then flash back to kind of fill in the gaps. So this tells me that like they're confident in the teenage drama story of these characters and also the adult drama, because Damon Targaryen is causing all sorts of mayhem when these girls are this age. (laughs) I'm really curious how things are going to fall out between them because If I recall right, Alicent was brought to King's Landing to basically be J. nurse in old age, and that's when she she and Viserys start their dalliance. So she and Rhaenyra are friends before she is before she marries Rhaenyra's father. Right, I think that is one of the things that basically yeah, like starts their downhill slide. So there's another pretty cool thing in this picture that you caught, Dan. And I see Christian asking As about Christian. Um, yes. Yeah. Something in the background. You want to tell us about this? It just needs like, um, yeah, I want you to know I caught this. It wasn't, it was me. I caught it. You were the um, first person on the internet. The first person to ever.
2: See this. HBO didn't even know it was there. Uh, it, it's just cool. It's so <laughs> they're in King's Landing. They're in the God'swood. So there's a weirwood face and the tree in the back, just neat, uh, you know, from, um, from Game of Thrones, the yeah. brand trees the northerly stuff they have them in the south of king's landing even a couple grow back then and then you caught that apparently sansa was probably in this same godswood like 200 years later and prays to a weirwood tree that's been cut down so we're like yeah, deep I... down the myth the the lore hole here we're making connections we're like yeah. um after the time
3: periods yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I, I found a shot of Sansa. She's basically praying to like a weirwood stump in like mm-hmm. the third season because King's Landing at that point doesn't have any. They have a God's wood, mm-hmm. but the God's wood doesn't have weirwoods in it by then. And I don't know what the actual George R. R. Martin lore is there. I read some stuff about like the first men cutting them down south of the neck. To deprive the children of the forest from being able to use them so mm-hmm. it's a little unclear how they're adapting the exact mythology but i like you know th- looking at this where thinking about the throne i like how they're adapting some things like that it in the neat. setting yeah. to show the time how the times were different then when I the agree. targaryens were at their height it is pretty pretty cool
2: All right, go to the next slide, if you please, wonderful producer. And I hope you guys are enjoying our uh, our our visual walk through time. And here we go. There's the same yeah. characters Renera Targaryen and Alison Hightower when they're adults, now played by Emma Darcy and or Emma Dar- I say Emma Darcy and Olivia Cook. Yeah. And by this point, you know, now um there's been a lot of bad blood between them. It really starts when yeah. Alicent has a son with the king. And even though Rhaenyra has been groomed to be the next ruler of Westeros, she's like, I'd really rather my son be the next ruler, not you. And then yeah. I think this is probably the scene I'm going to guess after, uh, oh, I don't know if the name's right. After um, Rhaenyra's kids beat up one of Alicent's kids and dash out one of his eyes. my guess
3: that which like you uh, don't come back from that yeah that was what i figured too it looked like in terms of the uh like composition of the shot it looks like the same scene as that shot where allison comes walking down with the knife that Mm -hmm. we've seen in the trailers which yeah we're we're all guessing that's probably that scene where children lose eyes so yeah things are not good for them by this point oh just so good
2: yeah I love having that through line, you know. I, I I love this idea of just kind of tracing this relationship from happy beginnings to tragic middle here, and then into etc. and so forth. Ah, just juicy stuff. Yeah. I can already tell they want to play it.
3: I'm looking forward to it, man. Yeah, I think it really makes it look like it's going to be a more sweeping epic story. Like I already expected it to be. But the fact that they're leaning into the generational aspect Mm -hmm. of it like that, like there's something about stories that pass that much time that we see kids grow up, not like over the course of a show, but like over the course of a season, like that makes it feel like like, okay, this is a sweeping tale. We're covering 20 to 30 years in season one because the. The dance, you know, we talked about the great, great council. That's 101. I don't think the dance of the dragon starts till like 128 or 129. Yeah, um, it is. A so we got solid. a lot of time to cover. And by
2: the way, Julie, the costume designer is Jenny Tamim. T- I don't know what to say. Janie Tamim. I believe she worked on some Harry Potter stuff. She's good because those are nice. Those cuffs yeah. on Rhaenyra's thing. Yeah, I want them. Well, I don't want them, but I want someone to have uh, them. Um. Yeah, the costumes are great. <laughs> and the wigs move on to uh the final yeah. picture from this little this little cache so we have the women we have the integration thing oh <laughs> i forgot just this one uh, here here's matt smith in what looks a little like a party city helmet that looks plastic it it's the light <laughs> cool matt smith Damon targaryen rhaenyra's uncle they get together because it's targaryen incest game of thrones fun times um he's got a broom hand he got a broom in the back of his helmet dragon armor looking pretty sweet fun <laughs> Lance or plunger or whatever. He's got important character. Yeah. Rides a dragon. Cause all kinds of chaos come city watch. He'll have a huge arc too. And he's famous. So you yep. better be watching out.
3: Yeah, this is definitely um, we're going to see quite a lot of him. I see Valerie in the chat and YouTube saying, I have a feeling this show won't hesitate to kill characters. No, no shade throne, stra- stranger things. No, it won't. And Damon will be responsible probably for quite a few of those deaths. He <laughs> yeah. is a loose cannon as a loose cannony as they come.
2: I can't wait for this show to kill characters and for it to like become popular because of that. And for me to feel so smug. And just talking about <laughs> um, how others have been doing this. Oh, j- uh, I I, 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 yeah. I, just want that blood. I want that blood. I want that blood now to suck it
3: down. Yeah, we've. it's fascinating to me that we've talked about this for a few shows recently, like Stranger Things I felt this way about. The boys finale. I, I agreed with your review. I was really surprised that there were not more really? deaths in that finale and there's a a movie that i saw recently that they pulled the punches we'll talk about it later in the show but there were some fake out deaths and i was not impressed with the amount of fake out deaths so westworld yeah ready yeah Yeah, westworld westworld is pretty good this season
2: yeah I'm, i'm 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 enjoying it okay we got to move on because we. This is like only a bit of it, but yeah, this is really cool. It's gonna be more. And as Julie asks, are, yeah. are we going to cry? That's gonna. That's a good question because. Well, okay, let's move into um, Martha. It, it, <laughs> we, we 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 have been going pretty hard here. So not only yeah has HBO been given all this information about gas the Dragon and uh, been showing off all these images, George R R Martin a slime, vice and fire and uh, a fire and blood writer has been uncharacteristically chatty over the past week. He has, he he put up a huge blog post and he gave a two and a half hour interview from his home in Santa Fe. Just just if anybody's wondering how could he dare leave to not work on the bus. Um, Was it
3: at the John Cocteau?
2: Probably. Uh, most likely, yeah. I don't know. Cool about everything. So he's hyping up the show too, and it's always fun to hear him talk at length. He doesn't really do it much anymore. And he had yeah. some interesting to say about House of the Dragon. He was talking about let's see if we can find the quote about how kind of uh in the gray area the characters fall. The characters are great. They're complex. They're very human. They're driven by things Think really means they're driven by ambition and power and revenge for slights they feel were done for them and lust and all these things I think we all have. These are the kind of characters I like to write about. They have a good side. They have a bad side. We don't have any orcs who are just Pure creatures of evil going around doing evil. We don't have any glowing heroic characters either. So it's almost kind of Shakespearean in some ways. I wonder yeah. if people are going to cry over the desk because he's kind of right. Like this story, more yeah, than Game of is. Thrones, at least in Game of Thrones, you had like a Jon Snow who's pretty much a straightforward hero type. Everyone yeah. in this story is uh, at the very least uh, compromised in a little way. I, I don't think there yeah. really is a. Uh, That that guy is just the best. I'm gonna root for him because he's a hero. Pretty much everyone has their uh, their their ups and downs, which I really like. That was was my my favorite were the Lannisters from Game of Thrones. I'm all about this. I'm all (laughs) in on that. Nice, but I do wonder how it'll play with with just the general population.
3: Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. There are not, you know, Game of Thrones had for as gray as everyone was there were quite a few heroic characters. like there were the arias there were the brands where it's like even if they did something like, like aria stabbing people's eyes out but it's still aria you're still rooting for her i i do think that could be a challenge this show is facing because like off the top of my head like corliss Valerion is one of the few that yeah. is a, a, a more Radies positive Targaryen. character it's pretty good yeah uh I think Bela Targaryen, she won't be in this season, but she's Mm -hmm. another one where she's kind of like a little Arya and doesn't really, you know, her arc is not long enough that she gets to do much bad stuff, we'll say. (laughs) So, yeah, I think that'll be a curious thing. I I will say whether people cry or not, there are moments in the Dance of the Dragons that I think are on the level with, like, the Red Wedding. There there are a couple of moments where it's like, if they do this right yeah blood and cheese that's all it, look up blood and cheese oh, that one's gonna read about be rough. blood and cheese if you dare but that's gonna be a brutal moment on this show it's way less fun than it
2: sounds um as caleb asks uh from ghana he hasn't read the book but i was wondering if we would get a glimpse of Dorne House house the dragon I don't think Dorn the country plays a huge role, although there is a very important Dornish character named Kristen Cole, who's kind of, we already know who's playing him. He's there like from the start and plays a huge role in a lot of the events. I don't think we actually go to Dorn, do we? But Kristen Cole is definitely Dornish and he's a huge character. So kind of halfway,
3: Caleb. Yeah. So let's, so in terms of Dorn, we don't really see Dorn that I recall much in The Dance of the Dragons. And part of that is because Dorne is not technically one of the Seven Kingdoms at that point in history. Right. Dorne doesn't become one of the Seven Kingdoms until 184 AC, which is like damn 50 years after this, after the dance ends. 50 years later, there's a marriage pact that brings Dorne into the Seven Kingdoms. So I wouldn't be surprised if we if they found some way to show it to us just because. You know, it's it's a part of Game of Thrones. You know, they could yeah. manufacture some plot line to have a dragon rider fly over Dorne or something, but I wouldn't expect it to be instrumental in in the show. Sure.
2: But Kristen Cole is a very important character and he is Dornish.
3: Also, Daniel, do you just like have these numbers in your head all the time? Or you've been doing some reading lately? I just looked that one up. Okay. I had a feeling. I was like, I was like, I don't think Dorne's in the Seven Kingdoms at this point. So I pulled it up. But the rest of them i knew
2: yes they're like yeah Keith Harris. he was 81 and four months old when he died uh, yeah. uh over here in the year uh, uh 96 and just damn that's very impressive okay um, yeah
3: i was reading i just wrote about the great council this week so that's, that's part true, of that's why true. i know all the numbers about jaharis and i've been <laughs> looking at the targaryen family tree which is i do Ooh. not envy the people who made that for fire and blood it is twisty <sighs> i'm gonna like explain because
2: People are going to want to know how are these folk related to each other? And we're and you and I are going to yeah. be like, do you have an hour and a half? And we're going to break it down
3: <laughs> pretty much. How well do you understand? First cousins once removed. Let's
2: get <laughs> yeah. talking. The difference between cousins once removed and between third cousins. You're going to learn it. You're going to learn it now. All right. Some other stuff that George yeah. R. Martin jawed about because he had quite a lot to say. Um, he also talked about how, you know, if, if it were up to him, he would be show running. Part of him wants to. But he's basically saying, yeah. You just don't have time. These are like life-eating jobs. You're the one they call at 2 yeah. a.m. in the morning when something goes wrong in Morocco. There's no way I can do that hope to help hope to work on any of the novels. So he's working on the books. He can't really be that involved. He's coming up with ideas. He's helping them kind of orient stuff. Yeah. He's finding good partners. He's not like writing these shows. He just could not possibly do that. Yeah. He also talked quite a bit about The Winds of Winter, which, again, is something he is he not loath to mention, but just doesn't talk about because... If he so much as mentions it, I mean he gets literally thousands of replies saying, finish it, finish it, finish it. But you know, yep, nothing I mean, the the the, the headline here is like it's still working on it. He said yep. that he's almost done writing Tyrion's whole arc. So he's almost done with all the Tyrion chapters. Does that mean he's almost done, period? Probably not. He says, "No, "Uh, I'll be done with Tyrion's particular book soon. And then I'll focus on another character, some of whom are very close, some of whom not close at all. And then hopefully it all fits together. So good for him. Um, He's talking about also how the books are drifting further and further away from Game of Thrones. You know, talking about... some things will be the same. A lot will not. No doubt. Once I am done, there will be a huge debate about which version of the story is better. Some people will like my book. He's, that's what I said. Others will for the television show. And that's fine. You know, which did not surprise me because he's always said that he discovers things as he writes. And he gave like the showrunners of the show about like an outline of what's going to happen. But it was never going to be a, like a like a mirror image of each other not even close and as he yeah. writes it more it gets further and further away so not surprised yeah. and sometimes I I, I I, just hate what I see online people are like oh he saw the reaction of the endings who's going to change it like no it's not what's happening just he yeah. always this was always the way he worked it he always could develop it as he went it was never going to be this, I'm sure many, many things are different. He said he got like an idea for how one character um, is going to end their story extemporaneously a month ago in a, for, in the final yeah. book Dream of spring, just going to came out of nowhere. That's how he works. He, um, he works with the muse. He, he is a muse driven yeah. writer. He is not an outliner. He is not a plan it all out guy. He
3: is, he sits and waits for the muse to fill his head with music. And then he writes. Yeah. And he's been pretty open about that. That has always been the way he wrote um, since before the show was even a thing. He talked about gardeners and architects. He has this whole spiel about talking about the different kinds of writers. And he is a gardener. He writes by the seat of his pants. And uh, yeah, it, I wasn't surprised to hear that, you know, the ending is getting farther from game of Thrones. I was surprised that he said it out right so that was yeah. the interesting thing about it to me is that he he's comfortable enough with where he's at that he's willing to say something like that um i think it bodes you. well just the sheer amount that he's talking about wins right now sure um he also talked about how there uh, we'll see if how this one works out there will be no new characters or there will be new characters but there will be no new viewpoints yeah. i promise you that but with I, all these I journeys and battles yeah um i- bu- I believe it I believe it right up until the minute the gardening requires him to to show something from someone else's point of view, and then I think he'll do it, but I think he'll fight tooth and nail not to i mean
2: so like this is another topic for another uh, uh, another episode, but I mean, let's be honest sure he he shouldn't have had many of the viewpoint characters who are viewpoint characters currently, like in my opinion yeah. if if I'd agree, right it but that's really dumb. That's really getting off topic to to what I have an issue yeah, with. Yeah, it's fair. It's coming along. It's happening. Um, Julie wonders if Stannis is still alive, or if Jane Westerling and or if Jane Westerling has Rob's baby. We'll find yeah. out. We all want this good book questions. so bad. before I die, says Julie. Ditto. And I mean, like, th- yeah, th- there's no guarantee for you or me. But it's looking good. Maybe he'll say something at San Diego Comic Con later this month. And we will find out one last thing before we move on. He also said yeah. that it could be the longest book yet. He said like uh, lo- the, the longest books are Storm of Swords, Dance with Dragons. He's like, oh, yeah. And I'm not talking about 10 pages. I'm talking about like th- 300 pages longer, at which point he might split it into two. Just, oh, God, I wish there was an editor who was just there and saying wasp watch 2020 who was there and just did you see it (laughs) uh, i saw you
3: reacting to something are you all right yeah okay yes i'm good i was grabbing a book off the shelf actually to to look at page numbers oh yeah to arm arm myself look out wasp i'll hit you with rhythm of war um (laughs) my only concern with Winds being 300 pages longer like dance and stormer of swords were already around a thousand pages or slightly less than that. So at some point he's going to run into printing capacity issues with a page count, like he's talking about, like what can they physically make work? Because there are only like a few printers in the United States that can even print books that size. And at a certain point they start falling apart because it's too many pages. So he might end up in a position where he needs to think about splitting it, and he did talk about that, and said he'd cross that bridge when he gets there. Yeah, basically. he wrote like
2: I can either cut things or release it in two, and we're like, we we all know what you'd rather do. <laughs> I think George R. R. <laughs> Martin would yeah. rather do anything than cut anything he wrote. That guy, he is a yeah. maximalist. Is George R. R. Martin? Yes, he, he is a muse-driven maximalist, and that's lo- yes. lovely, and I love it. I do wish it um it 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 it, it worked quicker. And um, yeah. thank you, Christian, for saying I sound like share i'll uh i'll try to refine it as he does more interviews all right we still have a question to get to so let's try and do some other stuff before we close this out daniel you saw the new um film movie thor love and thunder i tried to see it just really quickly my local theater i walked in i said one please on monday night they're like we're closed for a private event for the next two days i'm like Okay, does that? and I left. I I don't know <laughs> in Lincoln Square. The Davis, yeah. come on, Davis. But um, you saw it. What did you think of? I did. Thor, Love and Thunder.
3: Man, I'm just gonna. I have to just lay it out for you guys. I didn't it like does. Thor: Love and Thunder. I had I I had so many qualms. Like, if you want to go see something fun and brainless, mm-hmm. you'll enjoy. There are things you'll enjoy about it. But I don't. I can't. I, this is the movie that to me that really made me start liking Taiko Waititi as a director a little bit less <laughs> because I can't think of as clear of an instance of a director not being able to get out of their own way Ooh. as this movie. There are four Guns N' Roses songs in this movie. So okay. like there are very clear creative decisions. There's a running joke about Thor's axe being jealous because he wants other weapons like and it. On, on the surface, those are okay, but they get beat down over and over and over again throughout the movie to the point where it's like, all right, this is weird. These are weird choices. I think the plot kind of really zipped to and fro. Like there, there weren't a lot of really compelling driving things going on. Didn't Mm -hmm. really care too much about what was going on. The, the two exceptions I'll say to that are Natalie Portman and Christian Bale. Like the actors really pulled their weight. They did a great job they really got the guardians of the galaxy out of there very quickly. Hmm. They were like, you know, anything to get us away from continuity, we have to pay attention to please. Interesting. Let's, uh, we'll give those guardians a scene and then send them on their way. Yeah. I I'll be honest. Korg is the other thing that really bothered me. So Korg is YTD. He plays the, the okay. stony Korg in these movies and like Korg narrates the film. And there is this is the only spoiler I will give. Korg has a fake out death in the movie where you think Korg dies. Mm -hmm. And I had a visceral gut reaction when it happened, where I was like, oh, thank God. That is what this movie needs. It needs him to get out of the way so that Chris Hemsworth and Natalie Portman can be in the forefront again. And then they found a way to keep Korg alive. And he doesn't do anything else in the movie except talk and narrate. So, yeah, I I had qualms. Sorry for for the people who love Love and Thunder or (laughs) or are in disagreement. I Uh, I agree with you, Nicole. Christian Bale was an amazing villain. Some of the only chills I got in the movie were from his acting. The actors did a great job the movie not so much. I have heard Christian Bale's uh Gore
2: the God Butcher is worth seeing, but yeah, I'm not getting yeah. great uh vibes off this, so I'll probably skip it. The Daviskin uh doesn't need my 850 or whatever it costs to get a movie ticket. I'm sorry to hear it's yeah. kind of
3: lame. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's that's where we are with Marvel right now there. It feels a little bit like they're putting out so much that Mm -hmm. the attention to detail in each one is not quite there. Cause like, you know, Nicole's talking about Christian Bale being amazing. Zach uh, is saying it needed more gore. And I totally, totally agree that it needed more gore. We don't ever actually (laughs) really see gore go on a God killing rampage in the movie they shot and it. it's like they found this they shot it yeah there's a deleted scene that Taika Waititi has said he doesn't care about deleted scenes so he hopes we never see it but there's a deleted scene with Lena Headey Jeff Goldblum and Peter, Peter Dinklage. Dinklage and we All know that the one murdered. with Peter Dinklage yeah we know the one with Peter Dinklage Probably. had door in it because Christian Bale said I worked with Peter Dinklage and it was great and yeah that just didn't make the cut <laughs> I mean Taika Waititi can say
2: that we wanted it to be this short I don't know. I hear what I my conspiracy theory is he Oof, filmed. He, he filmed scenes that are like actually cool, like Christian Bale murdering Peter Dinklage and Lena Headey and Jeff Goldblum. And then Disney's like, we would really rather not have the murder in the movie. So could you get rid of it?
3: <laughs> is oh, <laughs> it, could there it, be less? murder? Realistic?
2: Yeah, exactly. The, the, i that, think that sounds right to me i think it's a badass montage out there on cutting room floor somewhere i think that
3: sounds right to but at the same time like kevin feige signed off on this and he knows mm-hmm. the comics and like apparently gorg's gorg's comic arc is like thor follows a trail of butchery across the galaxy searching mm-hmm. for him as he murders people left and right so like You cannot show the murder, but yeah, we just, there literally were no scenes. Once he becomes Gore, the God butcher of him killing gods and I just like, like find some way to do it so that like, like think about multiverse of madness. No, I disagree with that conspiracy theory because multiverse of madness was very gory uh, for a Marvel film. but. They got away with it because it was all just alternate
2: fake dimension people who you were allowed to show die on screen, like to kill actual people in this MCU. No, that violates byline four, paragraph seven of the uh,
3: Marvel code. They're all minor characters who we'll probably never see again anyway. Lena Headey Mm -hmm. hadn't even been in the
2: MCU. We could do it. Yeah, we could. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm sticking to it. I believe it. And tell me, I know. I'm sorry you didn't like it, though. I'm probably going to skip it. And uh, Christian says you are brought down Expectations enough that I should enjoy it when I want to watch it later today. Cool. And yeah, it was if you have low
3: expectations, I mean I had low <laughs> expectations going
2: in and uh, it met them. Good. Um, I watched the finale of Ms. Marvel today, and Ooh. I mean it's 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 kind of the same old story. Like the finales are, are always sort of the 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 weakest part of these shows to me. Um I actually did like the series quite a lot. The episode before, which was mm-hmm. like a it all took place. In the past, basically, where they went back to the partition of India and Pakistan, like sixty mm-hmm. years ago, I found that really, really cool. That was fun. This one was was fun. It was good. I I I I, I guess I I, I kind of forgot why folk were fighting each other, but it was fun to watch. Yeah, you know what? I think the PG aesthetic worked for this show because it's about like a literal high schooler and her scrappy band yeah, of Scooby Doo friends. And I l- really liked the family stuff. I liked the stuff with Kamala Khan and her family and the mother who cares too much. And, uh, you know, the uh, the kind of goofy older brothers get married. I liked that. That all felt really true to me. And then, you know, yeah, they get the powers same. on and, it, and it, it, it just, I don't know, it, it just loses a little bit of interest when it just comes in a superhero show. Um, are you aware yeah. that they brought sort of kind of the
3: mutants into the mcu officially at the end of this through they did it through this uh no i was not aware okay tell me about it in the least spoilery way possible did you you think we've been waiting for this this is Mm -hmm. i would say the most anticipated thing of phase four is how they'll bring the mutants into the MCU. How how was it, Dan? I mean, it was it was
2: a line toward the end where it was clearly setting it up. They played the little you know, little X Men theme uh, when they say okay, like, "Okay, you have a mutation." Na-na-na-na-na. It's like, oh my god! It was a little thing. Um, it was cute. It was nice. Um, I didn't think much of it. They. It, it's one of those things where it's like it's was a small bit. They could make into a giant deal, or just leave there and not really return to it as they want, which
3: is a, yeah. a Marvel specialty. But they're inching toward it. Gotcha. Okay. Well, we'll see. I mean, the jury's out. I think Marvel, you know, they've got something to prove right now. I think I've, you know, not that they don't still have millions of people. Mm, oh yeah, watching these shows. But I do think I've seen the narrative of people getting tired of it or burnt out or feeling like Phase 4 has no point more than I can recall at any previous point in the MCU. So, yeah, I hope they, you know, write the ship and do the X-Men right, man, because X-Men movies, there are some really great ones. There's some really mm-hmm. bad ones. But there are some that are like <laughs> classic pieces of of cinema that they've they've got big shoes to fill. I remember seeing X Two was Kids. Ooh, it was hot. That's a good ass movie. I really like that one. That, yeah, that's that might be one of my favorite superhero movies of all time. I love mm-hmm. X Two.
2: You're a fan of the X Men, and we're gonna see them sooner or later. True. I did like Miss Marvel overall. I thought, it was, I thought I I put it in the top half of Marvel shows released so far. I don't know why they can't cool. do better finales though. And Julie, by the way, loves your yeah. Westworld summaries, and has picked up a lot of stuff after reading that sh- that uh, she would have otherwise missed. Um, Thank you,
3: Julie. You're Still watching Westworld, Daniel? Are you enjoying that? I am. I'm. I'm loving Westworld. And Julie, I'm sure there are things I miss too. Honestly, there are things. It, it is dense this season, and it feels like the old west world a little bit more which i like a lot yeah it i there is a line i didn't i don't remember writing this i was looking back at my uh finale review for season three to just to remember what happened and near the end of it i said something like just like Dolores, season three sacrificed Mm -hmm. itself so that we might get a better season of west world next time (laughs) and that that feels like the case like Season three was weird and it had to happen so that we could have season four, which feels a lot better. So I'm loving Westworld. Um, the last one had a great cliffhanger. So I haven't seen episode four yet. I have to watch it this week, but I'm I'm super excited. You started watching it, right? I did yeah. I'm up to episode two, so you're one ahead of me. Um
2: yeah, you know what? It does feel better because there's some kind of ongoing mystery. That was the tone folk liked about season one was that in season two and three, you kind of know what's going on and they try to make it mysterious anyway, but like, you know, the answers and it just has to rely on the characters and it couldn't really do it. I like that there are things we're trying to find out. And even though you can guess some of it, like... Do we think that tower is sending signals to people who have flies in their brains to commit suicide? Probably. But I like that they're inching toward answers. It feels like there's a quest and a goal they're going toward. It does feel revitalized. Yeah. Like Charlotte feels more like a malevolent villain. I liked that scene where she was confronting William, the alive, of course, alive William, who's in the hyogenic yeah. little pod or whatever. Um, I don't know how to talk about Dolores, fake Dolores. I mean, there are whenever Maeve is on screen, like it just improves at least 50%. That's an issue. It really does. I, I, I don't know how that happens. Like, the, this perhaps I should have thought about that, just made a show about Maeve two seasons ago, but it's good. I'm liking all of it more than I yeah. have last time. Jackie says Better Call Saul. So don't Better Call Saul is amazing. I'm watching that right now. Really quick before we nice. run the light, we're, we're running on time, the boys season three finale. I liked it a lot. I was on the edge of my seat. During a lot of the boys season three finale,
3: and then no one died, same. and I was kind of surprised that a show this brutal pulled its punches. Yeah, I f- except just- for Black Noir, we don't yeah, even but- count Black Noir in the recap. I mean, yeah, it's true, Black Noir died, but I mean, he 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 died like before he the had big no lines. battle. <laughs> yeah, he, he had did. no lines and a very active imagination. Yeah, I was, I felt exactly the same. I enjoyed it a lot, and then the big explosion happened, we'll say for spoilers. And I was like, Ooh, that's, that's a decently gutsy. I actually said to myself uh, because I had already read, I had seen the headline for your, your review. So when that Mm -hmm. happened, I went weirdly merciful. What about that? (laughs) And then everyone lived and I was like, Oh, Oh yeah. Well, there it is. So yeah, I wasn't a fan of that either.
2: If those two had died, I think it would have been much better. Cause I mean, like the actual beats were pretty good. Like I I, I like yeah. what it did. Oh come on! The bit where Starlight like gets powered up by electricity and floats off Loved and flies it. and blasts the guy. Oh that was so cool. Yeah, I, I liked Maeve doing the big dive. I just don't know why they had to pull their punch at the end. It was just lame. I liked Homeland. Yeah. I mean, going even more insane and doing the whole Donald Trump I could kill somebody on Fifth Avenue and people would cheer and not and not um, be bothered about it. That was kind of that scene come to life at the end there. That was that was creepy and fun. Yeah, it's still really good. I just I just I don't know what it is. Just kill people. Why right? we. <laughs> murder isn't legal we can't go to gladiator matches anymore just kill characters on
3: tv do it that's the way to get that still yeah you know as bloodthirsty and awful as that sounds i i very much agree with something that we've come back around to which is a lot of these shows are influenced by game of thrones or coming up in the wake of game of thrones and not a lot of them got the memo that having memorable deaths for characters drives the stakes home because otherwise Mm -hmm. you're teaching people that you can be in any amount of peril and things will always be okay or that death isn't permanent because it's a fake tv show and that's fine if that's what you're going for but with something as gritty as the boys or as Mm -hmm. dark as stranger things where people are being killed all the time that's where it's like it feels like plot armor it feels like it makes the Which is an expression I don't like, but applies here. Or
2: as um as heavy as Westworld. And yeah, it's a house the dragon come back to show everyone how it's done and get some blood out here on the screen. And we got some good comments. I I have heard of the bear, uh, Christian. And I want because everyone seems to love it. So I want to start getting on that. Um, Julie and join around the world in 80 days. See, and Zach saying that Ryan is gonna become TV's new Joffrey Baratheon. Um, I think homelanders are hard to use Josh Baratheon. Maybe Ryan, his creepy son will do it well. And yeah, Nicole, what we yeah. were in the shadows on tonight. Oh, so much stuff.
3: So it's a long episode. Yeah. Let's Sorry, go ahead. One thing I will say, I think Westworld is going to avoid this issue we're talking about. I do think we're going to see at least one major death on Westworld this season, which is crazy because no. it's a show about immortal androids. And, I think we're going to get at and least one. They
2: killed off two people last season and neither of them actually died. So I don't know where you're getting this, but we'll see. Uh, yeah. Well, you got to keep watching. Oh, we'll see how do you I? feel next okay, episode. Fun. Yeah. All right. Let's bring this home with a nice quick WIC news lightning round. The bit yeah. Where we go through a bunch of stories in time to get to the main show and give our 22nd opinions on them. I didn't put this in any kind of order, so we're just going to roll the dice, and see what happens. You got to ask me the first one because I don't know anything about the second one. <laughs> Great. OK, uh, Daniel. Uh, yes. OK, lightning round. Go. Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio are returning as daredevil and kingpin in the upcoming marvel cinematic universe disney plus television show echo your thoughts
3: i think that's cool i mean we've been waiting i'm a little nervous about how disney's gonna handle daredevil and kingpin because the netflix series was so good um Mm. i'm still nervous i'm more nervous after seeing thor but i like that echo is getting a show and i'll give it a chance and hopefully it's not bad because Love d'onofrio don't deserve that <laughs> all right <laughs> all right dan this this drama happened this week this is a very important drama yeah. Yeah, yeah can you explain what's going on with noah Schnapp versus that's will Byers from stranger things uh-huh. versus Doja Cat, uh, the the rap queen. No explain their drama it. in 20 seconds.
2: Okay, really quick. So, Doja Cat is a huge rap superstar and she wants to hook up with the guy who played Eddie Munson on Stranger Things, who's like 29. So, she contacted Noah Schnepper, plays Will, and he's like 17. And then he posted their conversation and she got mad that, like, that's messy. Don't do that. People were like, why are you to have a 17 year old to hook you up with a 29 year old, you weirdo? And then public company was on his side. She lost tons of followers. He gained tons of followers. I think it was pretty good. It was a pretty good summary of the drama.
3: That that was good. Yeah, I got all the pertinent facts there.
2: Yeah, yeah, very much. All right. So Ugh. next one, Taika Waititi is, uh, you know, we just talked about him made Thor and Love and Thunder He's making a Star Wars movie. yeah. And he asked Natalie Portman, who plays the mighty Thor and in, in Thor, Love and Thunder, whether she wanted to be in a Star Wars movie, completely forgetting that she was uh,
3: Pad, uh, Padme Amidala in the Star Wars prequels. Mm-hmm. What a goof up. Yeah, I think Star Wars fans everywhere went, oh my God, I'm so nervous after hearing that. Because, yeah, talk about... Because he's directing a Star Wars movie. So talk about ways to not instill confidence in the fandom. Um, Yeah, Natalie Portman was just like, I kind of did that. And it's like, yeah, that was her big break. She was Padme in the prequel trilogy. Ah, I'm nervous. (laughs) Um, Okay, Mm Dan. So... Oh, can, can we flip these next two? Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay. So Day Shift, uh-huh. the movie where Jamie Foxx and Snoop Dogg hunt vampires is releasing on Netflix on August 12th. Tell us about yeah. this movie.
2: There's not much to say. Just th- there's a movie called Day Shift. Um, Jamie Foxx and Snoop Dogg, who has a real name. I think it's Calvin something. I forget. Um, And they hunt vampires and there's a vampire union involved. It's not a huge release. <laughs> it just sounds goofy enough that i'm like oh that sounds kind of fun so um yeah. august 12th day shift, vampires these two men good 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 for it okay moving yeah. right along. so daniel after the flop of the i want to say i don't know the most recent hellboy movie starring stranger things star yeah. david harbour it was it did terribly and then david harbour asked fellow superhero flop expert ryan reynolds for advice and comfort
3: yeah uh, so they tried to reboot hellboy with david harbour it was an awful decision and no one wanted it because (laughs) the guillermo del toro hellboys are Mm. really good and beloved everyone just wants a third one with ron perlman so uh david harbour went to ryan reynolds and was like oh my movie's flopping you did Green Lantern, <laughs> and help me. And Ryan Reynolds was basically just like weather the storm, it'll be okay. And it was. And it is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, because David Harbor's on Stranger Things. And speaking of stranger things, Yo. the creator said, speaking of spineless backing out at the finish line, <laughs> not deaths, they were originally going to kill off Max Mayfield. I don't believe it. Um, yeah, uh, they- <laughs> they're kind
2: of the poster children for we want really high stakes, but we don't want to do what it takes to convince people that there actually are high stakes. And I think uh, I'm sure at one point for like three seconds, they're like, should we kill max? And then the next second they're like,
3: no, 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 no. I very much doubt it was a serious plan. That's funny. Yeah. You know, it it says they were originally going to kill her off. It doesn't say for how many seconds that lasted. That's a very fair point. All right. Um, This is exciting one. So, um, john bradley
2: samuel tarley in game of thrones uh said yeah he'd be open to looking at a script for the upcoming john snow game of thrones mm. sequel show in development over hbo you want to see sam again
3: yeah i'd love to see sam again i i think you know if we're gonna have other characters from game of thrones crop up sam's kind of right at the top of the list for me in a john oh, snow show absolutely best best bud since season one it, like they deserve a reunion like Think about it. If they are actual lives, those characters, like Mm -hmm. you'd want Jon Snow to see Sam one more time before he died of old age or something. Yes, I agree. I hope it happens. Me too. All right, Dan, you went deep on the Emmys this week. Mm, Um, There were many Emmy nominations (laughs) and Succession got 25 noms. The most. um, Ted Lasso and the Lotus got 20. Hacks, Barry, the- Euphoria, Severance, Stranger Things, and Only Murders in the Building. Also each got over a dozen. Wait, yeah. what are your thoughts on the Emmy stuff?
2: The Emmys are the nominations are out. Like 20 seconds is literally all this deserves. Um, because it's the just the Emmys. So is a really good show. Session <laughs> secession will probably win because it's good and it's the current Emmy Darling um yeah ted last is a good show the white list is a good show hacks and barry are all good shows severance you liked apparently stranger thinks it's cool um looks fine looks fun emmys and yeah. that is severance was pretty good yeah, i'm I, I, i'm kind of like severance and apparently that it caught on i think apple tv plus has some pull i think tim cook is leaning on some people over in hollywood as nicole says <laughs> it wouldn't be a true john snow show without sam which i agree with yeah, they, they have to bring yeah. him back. Toro have to be back, Ghost Agreed. be back, and Sam will be back. Sansa, Arya, there's a lot of options. Maybe we'll do a show about yeah. it. Anyway, that is our show for today, though. We have gone long because we just love talking that much and talking with all of you true, out man. there and you on the other side of the screen. Um, And we will talk again. In fact, we talk every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time, 5 Eastern, here on the Winter yeah. is Coming youtube page and the winter is coming facebook page we're also available on in podcast form wherever you download your podcasts be it apple play google play itunes and we're also starting with house of the dragon just so you guys know we're gonna do our normal wednesday show talk about just stuff in general and a special sunday night show to talk about each episode of house of the dragon right after it airs so once house of the dragon starts yep. airing we are gonna be coming at you twice a week you won't get enough of you won't be able to get enough of us you want us out of your life we're gonna be talking about house of the dragon sunday nights talk about everything else on wednesdays and we will see you next wednesday for more take the black and more wasp watch 2022 over and out see ya bye <laughs> take care This podcast is brought to you by Fansiding. Join our community of over 300
3: sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between.